welcome to the Women's Football Podcast. I'm Madison Taylor. I hope everyone has had a lovely weekend. And once again, we are here to pick the bones out of all aspects of the women's game, domestically and internationally. Coming up, Theatre of Dreams for United as they sweep aside the Hammers. City leave it late before dethroning the Royals. Threezy does it for Arsenal in the North London Derby and a five-star performance from the Toffees. Plus, we will look at all the rest of the WSL and Championship action and look back at the midweek Champions League and the announcement of a historic TV deal and all the action. Joining me to look back on all the action is former Aston Villa and FA Media Officer Emily Lyles. Hi, Emily. Hi, Maddie. Thanks for having me. And also a regular contributor, Hannah Mendelssohn. Hi, Hannah. Hi, good to be back. We are pleased to say also joining us this week is freelance football journalist Sandra Brobby. Hi Sandra. Hi Madison, thanks very much for having me on. So let's have a look back at the midweek action. Mixed fortunes for the British clubs in Europe in the first leg of the Champions League quarterfinal ties. Chelsea secured an excellent 2-1 win over last year's finalist Wolfsburg in a game played in Budapest due to coronavirus travel restrictions. Despite a tough start to the game, Chelsea held firm and eventually goals from Sam Kerr and Peniel Harder against her former club gave the Blues the advantage. Dominique Janssen got an away goal from the spot to keep the German side firmly in the tie. Emily, a great night for Chelsea. That was a real standout result, wasn't it? Oh, it was massive. I think we talk about Chelsea a lot on here about how consistent they are um, across all competitions. But yeah, that's an absolutely huge result. I think everyone knows Wolfsburg's pedigree, obviously have won the Champions League themselves not that long ago and are always there or thereabouts. So it's an absolutely huge result for Chelsea, I think, especially when you take into consideration the backlog of games that they've had. They're playing multiple times a week at the moment. But they just keep on going, don't they? And, you know, they've put themselves in a really, really strong position. Granted, as you say, Wolfsburg did get that that away goal and that goal back. But yeah, I think all in all, Emma Hayes' side won't be too disappointed with, the, with their night's work. Yeah, and like you said, especially after that away goal, will they have to be wary of Wolfsburg, do you think? 100%. I think, like you say, it was a close game. The scoreline certainly suggests that Wolfsburg have been there and done it for a number of years. Um, but then then sometimes in football, you do see that can favour the team, you know, the team that perhaps is in the driving seat um, in Chelsea's situation at the moment, because, you know, they can't go go away and be complacent now. They've got to perform again and, and end up standing them in good stead. Not such a good night, unfortunately, for Manchester City, as they were heavily beaten 3-0 in Monza, Italy by Barcelona. Asisat Ashwala opened the scoring in the 35th minute before Barca's Mariona Caldente netted a second-half penalty after Demi Stokes tripped Ashwala. City's Chloe Kelly missed a golden opportunity to half the deficit, seeing her 55th minute penalty saved. Jenny Hermonso tapped in a third after Alexia Patelas struck the post. Hannah, I think we expected a tight game, but are you surprised at the margin of defeat for City? Um, I think that, yeah, you don't generally see kind of, you know, bigger score lines against City at the moment. But I think that Barcelona are such a strong team. You know, they've like like Wolfsburg, they've been at the top level of this competition in the past. They've got a lot of experience um, competing at this level. And so I think it was always going to be a really, really tough fixture for Manchester City. 
Um, it's definitely disappointing for them. And I think that it's going to be a tall order for them in the second leg to come back from this. We know that City are strong at home, but they haven't got the away goal. Now, Gareth Taylor believes they can turn it around, but do you think they've got it in them? I mean, you never know. They are, they have, they're a really strong side. Um, so I wouldn't want to rule them out, but I wonder if Barcelona will have the edge. Obviously, they're missing um, Steph Horton as well. So I think it's going to be tough. They've got the side, you know, they've got team members that won the last Champions League. So it's not like, it's definitely possible. And Sandra, do you think City and Chelsea need to do more than just reach the quarterfinals for the WSL to be considered a strong league? Um, not necessarily so. I think, uh, I mean, it'd be, I think they're both keen to, 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 to you know, go beyond the, the quarters. Uh, both of them, Chelsea in particular, I think that they're, they're, I mean, they're keen to get to the final and, you know, and they've, they run. I mean, last week's game against Wolfsburg was impressive because it was backs against the wall at some at certain stages of that match, and Chelsea did well to come away with a two-one win. I, I think, yeah, for, uh, the WSL obviously with the TV deal, with the caliber of players coming, I think it's it's a league that's it's, its stature is rising anyway. But I, I mean, ideally, you do want to see City and Chelsea go far. I think obviously Chelsea have got the strongest chance, but I don't think it would be too much of a you know disservice to the league it, it, you know if they didn't but I think Chelsea are keen to, to at least at very least get to that final. Huge news this week for the women's game as Sky and BBC Sport announced they had secured the rights. From next season WSL games will be shown live across the BBC and Sky in the three-year deal. WSL clubs will get 75% while championship 25% of the share. More important still is that 22 games will be on the BBC and 18 of those will be on the BBC One or BBC Two free to air, while Sky will show 44 games. While Sky will show 44 games, it is already attracting a typical average of 285,000 under the BBC red button, which is the same sort of level BT Sport gets for a game between two of the less popular men's clubs. So the fact it is on free to air TV should boost those numbers substantially. Before we get everyone's thoughts on that, I caught up with BBC commentator Vicky Sparks earlier in the week to get her thoughts. So, hi Vicky, how are you? Yes, good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Um, so, a landmark moment for women's football this week with the announcement of the TV deal between Sky Sports and the BBC to broadcast live WSL matches. How fantastic is this from a broadcasting and a commentating point of view? I mean, it's just so exciting, isn't it? I think for everybody involved in the game, certainly from a commentary point of view, I've been involved in covering the WSL for radio since 2014 and over the last few years for, for BBC television as well on the iPlayer and games in the FA Cup that have been on, on main BBC channels. But to see the commitment from both broadcasters to showing games, certainly from Sky getting involved, with BT having been involved previously, but Sky coming in to, to get involved and the BBC being able to show a minimum of 18 games on BBC One or BBC Two is just fantastic. I, I think we have to highlight the work that, that has been done previously in getting to this stage. As I mentioned, the work that BT have done, the work that the BBC have done on the iPlayer in particular, but to get it on main channels, particularly for the BBC, free to air, it is just fantastic. And we saw the interest, didn't we, in the World Cup back in, in 2019. People do want to watch this, particularly when it, it's free to air. And 
it's that cycle, isn't it? It increases exposure, which increases the interest in it, which increases investment. That's what they're trying to tap into in the women's game. And I think it's so exciting. And for you personally, it's obviously more games to commentate on and a chance to showcase the WSL in in all its glory. How excited are you for next season to start? Massively. And yeah, personally, I'm really excited, hopefully, to uh, to be involved in it. But But also, I think, what it shows is just the way that the WSL is progressing and and what we have now in the WSL is a product that is increasing every single year in quality I mean you only have to look at the title race this season in the WSL the growth of clubs like Manchester United who a couple of years ago didn't even have a women's team and have come in entered at championship level one promotion to the women's super league and are really establishing themselves as a force in the game and yeah I, I think I am I'm, I guess I'm always excited regardless of what channel we're on to to see the the way that the WSL is progressing and has been progressing over the last few years and yeah absolutely thrilled to be able to be involved hopefully in the coverage again next season and with that increased audience as well I mean what we want to see as well is it coming down to grassroots level and for more girls to watch the game and boys to watch the game as well and obviously they can watch men's football but why can't they be inspired by female footballers as well plenty of the players that we see playing in the women's game were inspired by male footballers perhaps because they didn't have those female role models but ultimately good football is good football and so hopefully it will inspire a whole new generation of, of players to get involved in the game but particularly for those young girls who, who are watching and maybe haven't considered playing football before or haven't thought of this as being a career for them the fact that it is on Sky and particularly on those Freeview main BBC channels is so exciting because it says Yes, this is a viable career. If you're a young girl, you're interested in football, you want to play, this is something that you can get involved in. And you uh, spoke about the progression there of the, of the WSL. How do you think this season is going so far? It's so exciting, isn't it? I mean, we mentioned there the positivity of, of Manchester United. They'll be so pleased with how they're doing, <laughs> uh, really pushing for those European places. Arsenal as well hasn't quite been the season that they would have wanted, but, but still certainly a, a huge force in the game and I expect them to build again on this season and come back strongly next season and then this such a tight title race between Chelsea and Manchester City and and the groundwork was laid as it has been over so many years but you, you look at it in the summer and the huge signings that so many WSL sides made particularly the big players coming over from the United States and I think it's so encouraging that we saw that continue as well a bit in the January transfer window Abidal Kemper coming to Manchester City well it's not just a one-off obviously the pandemic has affected so many areas of life the way that the NWSL was disrupted you could point to that and say well that is perhaps why players from the United States are looking at the WSL but actually seeing that momentum continue seeing players arriving not just on loan but on longer term contracts as well I think is so exciting so I think the WSL is in a great place and, and let's not underestimate the importance of this broadcast deal for the attractiveness of players it's understood it is the biggest commercial broadcast deal for women's football and again players want exposure and I think if they see that happening here in the WSL then they will see that as a good career move not just because of the quality of the league but because of the exposure that the league is giving to women's football in this country. Yeah so just just to touch on what you just said then do you think that the exposure of the WSL getting broadcasted do you think that will sort of attract international players to to come over to the English teams? 
Definitely. I mean, I think obviously the, the quality has to be there. The competitiveness has to be there. Primarily, I'm sure most players would look at, okay, personal questions such as game time. How, how am I going to fit in with the team? What's the overall quality of the league? I know for a lot of the American players coming over, they've spoken about the chance to play in the Champions League. And we've seen that on short-term contracts, haven't we, before with Carly Lloyd, for example, with Manchester City coming to, to play in the Champions League. So the, the competition itself, both the WSL and the European competition, is, is a huge draw anyway. But I think it can only be a positive thing. If you're a player and you're playing a looking at the direction and the trajectory that women's football is going in in England underpinned by this deal and you see it growing and growing and the interest in it growing I, I can't see why that wouldn't make you really excited to, to come and to get that exposure and be part of that generation that through its visibility is inspiring the next generation to to come up behind. Sandra this is a huge huge thing for the women's game and also for women in the sports industry do you think this announcement will open up more opportunities for female sports journalists like yourself? Definitely. I mean, already, for example, uh, Sky Sports are looking for, I think, like a senior producer to help with some of their WSL content. I think you're definitely going to see more opportunities for, for um, female journalists, uh, particularly with a strong interest in football, definitely for female pundits as well. I mean, it's a major boost for, for the WSL, but, but then for women's football in general. And I mean, what's great is um, I, I went to I joined a press conference uh, for Bristol City's uh, previewing again um, ahead of their game against Birmingham and uh, you know interim Robin's boss Matt Beard said that you know seeing that TV deal happen reminded him of a time when he was at Chelsea heading up Chelsea and that you know John Terry lent money uh, to Chelsea for you know to the Chelsea team for tracksuits so he was just saying you know you've gone from that point to this point of you know, a, a, a major, two major channels showcasing uh, top le- flight women's football. So I think it's fantastic for, for, the, for the game. Hannah, what does this mean for you and every other women football fan out there? I think it's huge. I think it really legitimises. I mean, it, it shouldn't take a TV deal to kind of like put it into the spotlight like this. But, you know, this is where the money is in the game. This is where it's really what it needed to take it to the next level and to make it so accessible for fans is so exciting. I mean, I think the FA player has been really good in making it um, more available, but having it on, on BBC on free to air is just like, it's huge. I don't think the important, it really is a landmark moment for the, for the league um, and for women's football fans, I think. Do you think some championship games should be shown considering they have a 25% share in the deal? It'd be great to see that. I mean, when you look at how competitive the championship has been for, you know, definitely over the last well few months with obviously Leicester and Durham in particular put, pushing themselves all the way in terms of promotion, it'd be, be good to see them on there. But I think it's great that there's money going from the deal to the championship to help improve and boost, you know, the championship. And who knows, and you know, further down the line, hopefully we'll get to see championship games. And it would be good to see some of that on there because it is quite a competitive league and, you know, with, with some great sides in there, you know, in particular Leicester, Durham, obviously Sheffield United, Liverpool. So who knows, fingers crossed further down the line, we might see some championship games on there. Yeah, and obviously this is a huge step for the women's game. And I actually read the other day an article on the BBC, which was based on their new podcast where Farah Williams and Lucy Bronze spoke, spoke about how the women's game needs to stop being compared to the men's. Sandra, do you think for the women's game to progress, it needs to stop being compared to the men's game? 
Well, that's something that came up uh, again in one of the press conferences. Again, it was Matt Beard, funny enough, in, you know, talking about how, you know, his, his daughter, um, you know, will, will have, you know, female football role models to look up to rather than, and you'll have, uh, you know, young aspiring uh, players looking up to, to, you know, the top draw women's players, say they want to be the next Steph Houghton or the next Demi Stokes, you know, or the next Viviane Miedema or what have you. And just looking at those rather than Prem stars or stars from La Liga or other, other divisions. So definitely it'll be good for like, kind of like raising the profile of some of, you know, the best players in the women's game and, and you know, p- putting them on a higher platform for girls who are looking to go into football to look up to. Still lots to cover, including all the weekend's action. And that's coming up next. <sighs> so let's talk about you. Actually, let's talk about me just for a bit. Because I was like you. In 40-odd years, I hadn't done much exercise, but I knew I had to start. So, I got the Couch to 5K app. From not being able to run for more than a minute, nine weeks later, I was running for half an hour. It's simple, it's free, and it's all planned out. With a little support, it's amazing what your body can do. Join thousands of monthly users. Download the free 1U Couch to 5K app now. Because there's only one you. In the WSL, Manchester United and West Ham kicked off at the rather strange time of 11.30 on Saturday morning. It showed in the first half as United were still quite sleepy and Casey Stoney said the first half was the worst she has ever seen her side in a long, long time. Lauren James, who was praised by Stoney and Christian Press, got the goals on a historic day as the United side played their first ever game at Old Trafford. West Ham will be encouraged by the chances they created, but ultimately it's another defeat and they remain bottom, but do have a game in hand on Bristol City. Jess Sigsworth and Ella Toon, both big United fans, said it was a dream come true. Hannah, this is another big step for United, isn't it? Yeah, I think, you know, like the like the TV deal, getting these big platform moments for um, the teams and the players is always huge. And so playing at Old Trafford is so exciting. And I think it was a really like important win for Manchester United as well, if they want to kind of stay in contention for that third spot, because Arsenal are kind of creeping up behind. Um, and so it was kind of like a doubly big occasion for them. And it's really great to see them rising to that and getting the win um, at Old Trafford, I think. Huge shame, though, that there were no fans in the stadium. Yeah, definitely. It's just not the same, is it? I think that it's going to be like huge. It's going to be so exciting when fans are back in. But when fans are in and we're having these moments in these big stadiums, it's going to be really, really exciting um, for everyone to experience again. Now, Casey Stoney was baffled that this game wasn't on TV despite the early kickoff. Sandra, does she have a point? Yeah, I mean, ideally, you know, even though fans have got spectators up, are not there because it's a you know historic occasion the first time that uh, this iteration of Man United women's team has, has the first time a Man United women's team has played at Old Trafford you would ideally like to see that on television you know and to see Lauren James become the first Man United women's player to score the first goal there you know it, it would have been nice to have had it on TV and but I guess it's just one of those things with the scheduling which is a shame um, and you know Stoney called it a missed opportunity and, and I, yeah, I'd have to say I'd agree with her but you know fingers crossed especially when fans come back it'll be more of an occasion as well that you know we'll get to see a, a, you know a big turnout and you know the Man United women's team showcase their skills at, uh, at Old Trafford again. 
Always a tough ask for West Ham today, but they just haven't had the new manager bounce with Oli Hardy, have they? Not as yet. I mean, apart from obviously, uh, you know, just the one match in the uh, Continental, during the Continental Cup run they had. But um, yeah, they haven't had it yet in the league. It's been very competitive um, in that lower half of the table, obviously, you know, between them, Bristol City, Aston Villa, all kind of battling to, you know, maintain their status. It's They haven't quite had the, the joy and they've had a little bit of a tough run. They had a few good chances yesterday, but not they haven't had that bounce yet. But fingers crossed for them. Who knows? Manchester City bounced back from that midweek Champions League defeat to beat Reading and go top of the WSL for 24 hours. They did leave it late, though, as Chloe Kelly scoring three minutes from time after they had squandered plenty of chances through the match. Grace Maloney, however, was in fine form as she made several top saves to keep City at bay. Now, this was a massive and much needed result after the midweek disappointment. Do you think Man City will be happy with that? Yeah, I think they will, um, especially at the moment, you know, all those wins are really needed and they're, they're, that took them top of the league. Obviously, they're now two points behind Chelsea, but, you know, it's neck and neck and the two sides have to face each other um, before the end of the season. So I think that it was a really important win for them. Um and I think they'll definitely be pleased. I think they probably would have liked to get a few more goals in because the goal difference is also really tight. They won at the end of the day, which is what they need to keep doing to maybe get that title. And Sandra, we know Man City have such a strong depth of players, but do you think they are missing the leadership slightly from Steph Horton? Actually, her being there, particularly at the back, is a, is a little bit of a miss. I mean, definitely, I think in the, in the uh, Barcelona game, it would have been good to have a kind of commanding presence there and in, in that back line. But, um, I, you know, I, I mean, I expect that they'll try and give a good account of themselves, obviously, with, with Barcelona in the next game and then, and obviously for the rest of the season. But, yeah, I, I mean, yes, she is a miss, I would say. She is a miss having her there. Yeah. Arsenal claimed bragging rights in North London as they ran out a comfortable 3-0 win at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. 16 months on from these two teams meeting in the WSL for the first time in front of a league record of 38 1,262 fans at the same ground. Unfortunately, as we know, there were no fans in to watch it this time around due to COVID. Caitlin Ford's composed finish and Vivian Miedemar's brilliant volley put the Gunners in command before the break. Katie McCabe eventually added further gloss to the scoreline with another cool finish. The Gunners remain fourth, three points adrift of Manchester United in third. But victory over Spurs means Arsenal's hope of sealing the third Champions League place is still in their own hands as they have a game in hand over United and just as crucially a far superior goal difference. Tottenham remain eighth in the table. Guys, back-to-back wins now for the Gunners and a much-needed win for Joe Montemoro's side, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it was a, it's quite an Im- impressive win. I mean, again, you know, you, you'd be great to have had the fans there because I think they broke the record the last time the two sides faced each other um, at, at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium with like more than 38,000 fans there. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was a good performance by Arsenal, very uh, professional performance by them, very impressive with uh, of Kate, with Kate McCabe and, and Vivian uh, Miedemar's volley. The goal was, you know, quality, top draw. I mean, some people there were talking about it as a, you know, potential goal of the season contender and I'm sure Arsenal will be pleased uh, with, with that performance or well, Joe Montemoro certainly was and so 
you know, yeah, it's all in their own hands with that game in hand. Uh, you know, it's 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 going to be interesting to see how the rest of the season pans out uh, with between themselves and uh, with Man United for that battle for the third spot. Yeah, and we sometimes criticise Miedema on here for maybe not doing it against the top size. But when she does score, it's normally a thing of beauty, isn't it, Hannah? Yeah, it is. She is super impressive. Um, great to watch. And yeah. I mean, she just, she does pull it out of the bag. When she pulls it out of the bag, it is incredible. And I think that it, I read that it's her 15th goal of the season for the WSL. So she does like consistently score, just not necessarily uh, in those kind of like matches against the top sides. But then if you look at the table at the moment, you know, they're really close behind Manchester United, but their goal difference, as you mentioned, is so much higher. And all those those goals from Miedemar will make such a huge difference if they catch up to Man United on points. So I think that, you know, maybe it's a bit harsh to criticise her for not performing all the time against the top clubs because she is still doing an incredible, like, incredible job for her team. She is indeed. On Sunday, Chelsea went back to the top of the WSL and it was a terrible twosome, Kerr and Kirby, who did the damage. Kirby setting up Kerr for her first with a looping header in off the post and Kirby again sprinted away from the defence before finding the Australian Kerr to curl in. Villa rarely threatened on a comfortable afternoon. Guys, another routine win for Chelsea in the league. Do we expect anything less now? Well, it was a very kind of, again, another professional performance from Emma Hayes' side. I mean, before the game, she was, you know, she's she doesn't like to underestimate any opponent regardless of where they are on the table. She said she was expecting a, a you know, a tough game against Villa. She said, you know, but yeah, it was a very, again, another good, uh, you know, solid performance from then. Great combination play again from um, Kerr and Kirby, who are both in fine form. And that partnership of, you know, those two together has just been great for Chelsea. So yeah, another win for them. It's good for them, I guess, with that momentum going into the game against Wolfsburg. So yeah. And Sandra, would you give Kerr and Kirby maybe the best front pairing in the league? I'd say at the moment on present form, particularly across all competitions, I mean, in the Continental Cup final, they were they were just unplayable. And in particular, Frank Kirby, uh, you know, Frank Kirby easily what the, the best playmaker probably in the in a, or one of the best in the WSL. Just yeah, at the moment, they're both deadly, both very clinical. Now, Emily, this season might come down to goal difference. And with those two goals today, Chelsea are two goals better off. It could be small details like this that decide the title. Yeah, I think so. I think it's it's quite rare you see that actually materialise. But I think this season, um, given how close close the battle is, how close the games between the sides have been, there's there's every single chance of that. And I think, yeah, it, it, today it's one of those results for Chelsea where, you know, the job done, they did what they needed to do, but ultimately it could have been a game that they slipped up in and unsurprisingly they didn't did they so yes I think certainly goal difference could could play a key part and do you think Villa seems stuck in a rut at the minute yeah I do really and it's hard because today's clearly not a game to judge them on in terms of you know coming up against Chelsea one of the best teams well certainly probably the best team in England at the moment and one of the best teams in Europe if not the world but I think yeah they're just struggling aren't they they're struggling to get results they're struggling to get points at places and in games that they probably would target that and and it's difficult because I think at times they've played well this season okay it is their first season at this level but you know with other teams around them picking up results here and there 
um, it's, it's a really difficult time for them. And, and, you know, from a personal point of view, I just hope that they they've have got enough. In the early kickoff on Sunday, Brighton had the chance to close a gap to Everton to just one point, but were swept aside by the Toffees. It was the Hayley Rasso show as the Australian international scored her first senior hat-trick with goals either side of that from Izzy Christensen from the penalty spot and Simone McGill. Now, Sandra, you were at the game today. Does this result show that Everton are the best of the rest? And maybe Bryant aren't quite ready to challenge the top five teams? Um, well, I, I think maybe we'll see. We'll know at the end of the season, I think. I guess I think it's, I mean, yeah, but I mean, it was a comprehensive win for Everton, definitely. And, and Hayley Rastai was outstanding. Um, you know, and and Izzy Christensen in particular very very good in in attack for for Everton today. Quite impressive considering last time at last season uh, Brighton beat them one nil. Uh, I think we'll wait and see to the end of the season. I mean, Brighton are quite interesting in the sense they had quite a terrible run up until that that shock win against Chelsea, and they you know that, that I think I think it'd be too soon to count them out even after this. Um, and so we'll see what happens for the, the next few games as to see where they are, where, where things end up at the, you know, the end of the season. But yeah, I mean, Everton have got seven points, the seven points ahead. It's looking quite good for them. Brighton have got a game against Man United as well, which will be quite a toughie. But then again, you can't predict, I don't think we can predict that result given how Brighton went to Kings Meadow and shocked Chelsea. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. Now, the late kickoff saw Bristol City travel to the West Midlands looking to continue their recent good league form. A goal from ex Birmingham City player Charlie Wellings just 15 minutes in sent the Vixens in with a half-time lead. But Christy Murray equalised on 57 minutes to give the team a share of the spoils. The point moves Bristol up to 10th place. Emily, big result this for both sides in more ways than one. For Bristol, it shows how they are improving week on week. And for Birmingham, it was important they didn't get beaten and leapfrogged by Bristol. Yes, certainly. And I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because they're obviously fairly close together in in the table. I know Bristol have have played a game more and played a couple of games more than those two below them. But I think the form that Bristol are in, great example today, away from home, but still managing to pick up a point here and there is where the likes of Villa aren't doing that. So it just shows that, you know, I think at this stage of the season, the points are what's important. And although it is very tight down there and, you know, games played, as I say, they've played a couple more. You just think the form that they're in in comparison to the other teams could actually be what what saves them. And I think, yeah, a very hard fought game, probably what, what most people would expect. And both are probably pretty happy with the point. Hannah, is the danger of the relegation still there for Birmingham? It's hard to call, isn't it? I think that the points difference is so close. Like it could, they could still be in the danger zone if, you know, West Ham or Villa did manage to pick up a couple of wins. But I think that you'd think, judging by previous matches, I think that they're probably um, just out of it. But it is, it's so tight down at the bottom of the table. I think that it really could go any way at the moment. Yeah, because Bristol are the sort of the form team in the bottom cluster. And it's an amazing turnaround as they looked dead and buried a few weeks ago, didn't they? Yeah, I think, you know, the first half of the season was really that everybody would have said that they were going to be the team to go. And it's really not looking like that now. They're, you know, they're picking up a point here and they're they're performing well. I think they looked really solid. So it's definitely, it can all change pretty quickly. As you said, like there are a few games still for them to play at the bottom. So there's, could be quite a tight one. Moving on. And we're going to look at the championship next. Brilliant. I've finally quit. 
I can keep up with my kids now. I feel like I've got my life back. It's an amazing feeling when you stop smoking and you can experience it for yourself. Our range of free support can help you quit for good. From our app to emails, face-to-face support and online communities. Search Smoke Free. Better health. Let's do this. In the championship, Leicester took a big step towards the WSL football next season as they beat Coventry United 2-0. It looked like the Foxes might be frustrated for long periods, but a goal in the first half stoppage time from Tash Flint relaxed the home side. Flint added her second on the 62nd minute. Meanwhile, Durham could only draw at home to Sheffield United, meaning Leicester opened up a five-point gap at the top. Courtney Sweetman-Kirk opened the scoring for Sheffield United up in the northeast, but Ali Johnson, on her debut, grabbed the equaliser four minutes later. Sandra, it's been so tight at the top all season, but are we seeing Durham finally fading? Possibly. I mean, Leicester are just in on such an incredible run of, what is it, 11 straight wins for them. Um, at the same time, though, Jonathan uh, Morgan and the players are very keen to kind of say, you know, they, they're just keeping their, themselves grounded. They're not they're not trying to get ahead of themselves and not counting their counting chickens before, the, before their hatch. So I think there is a bit of a kind of a downer for, for Durham in the sense, you know, dropping those points. But we'll, again, wait and see. But Leicester in such a good form at the moment, it's hard to see them dropping any more points on this run at the moment, you know, and, and the big thing for them was actually, I think, getting that win against Durham, you know, that's what they, they, they you know, they kind of targeted or earmarked that as the one to, you know, to, to get because Durham, Durham had been unbeatable up until that point. So or unbeaten, should I say, until that point. So I, I, I'd, I'd say Leicester probably favourites, definitely, but we'll wait and see again. And Emily, Leicester have been relentless these last few weeks, haven't they? Relentless is is the perfect word to be fair, Maddie. I think yeah, you look at their record to do, to do that at this point of the season is brilliant. You know when the pressure's on, certainly with Durham breathing down their necks and being or, or being above them for for large parts of the season. You know to hold their nerve. I know they've invested. I know probably as the seasons progress, when you look at the difference in resource, say let's just take them and Durham. You know, it is it is chalk and cheese. It's very, very different. But yeah, regardless, I think to perform at the level that they have to get those results, to have that determination to keep going, you know, you can only take your hat off to them, really. Elsewhere, Lewis moved up to fifth place with a win over London Bees, thanks to a winner from Irish under-19 international, Megan McKay, which keeps the Bees rooted to the bottom, but only two points from safety. I mean, a really encouraging season this from Lewis, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, some great performances from from them this this term, and you know, so it's it's good to see them performing so well. You know, it, a great team, great players there. So, I mean, fingers crossed as well next season that we see them progress as well. Them and also just to say, London City Lionesses, who've I know they've had had a few kind of uh, wobbles early this season, but it's good to see them performing well too in the championship. The final home game for London City Lionesses was a bit of a dull day at South London Derby, with Charlton finished goalless. The point moves Charlton closer to safety. They are now five points from that one relegation spot. Finally, Liverpool took on Blackburn, looking to make it four wins in a row. So that is it. Don't forget to follow us on social media on Instagram. We are the Women's Football Podcast on Twitter. It's at TWFP1. And give us a follow on YouTube also. Don't forget to subscribe to us on all good podcasting platforms. My thanks to Sandra for joining us today and also to Hannah and Emily. Take care and we'll see you all soon. Hold up. 